Welcome to episode five of the Dog Training Book Club. I'm Dana Villa, certified professional dog trainer and behavior consultant and owner of Taking the Lead Dog Training located in Norristown, Pennsylvania. Today, I'll be talking about a book on canine nutrition called Unlocking the Canine Ancestral Diet, written by Steve Brown. In the last 100 years, dogs in the United States have largely moved to a diet that consists of highly processed kibble, manufactured in a way that makes it convenient and shelf-stable, but that lacks important vitamins and minerals due to the way it's cooked. And as we come to learn in the book, it doesn't have the right balance of protein to fat to carbohydrates either. Kibble has a ton of synthetic ingredients which is proving to be very bad for our dog's health and potentially their behavior, since training and learning can be affected negatively if your dog doesn't feel their best. While this book isn't about behavior, as a dog trainer that sees many dogs with behavior issues, and as a pet parent of a dog with behavior issues, there's no doubt that ensuring your dog is physically healthy is a key part to helping them be behaviorally healthy. Unlocking the Canine Ancestral Diet is all about feeding our dogs more naturally. It's a short book, only about 100 pages, but it's packed full of great information and tons of research citations. So it takes a while to read. I had to reread some passages in order to understand them and use the abbreviation section at the back of the book. The intro of the book is four pages, and it outlines a principle that the author, Steve Brown, thinks we should be following when feeding our dogs. He says to follow our ABCs. A is for the amount of fat versus protein versus carbohydrates, being sure we're giving them in the right proportions. If following the ancestral diet, then we'd add more protein in and better fats to have less percentage of carbs. B is for balancing the fats, making sure we get the good fats and not the bad ones. C is for completing your dog's nutritional needs by feeding fresh whole foods. Eating processed food all the time isn't good for any species of animal. Brown urges dog guardians to make whatever changes they can to their dog's diet to follow the ABCs, even if those changes seem small. He says that over time, it will add up to improve their health, and behaviorally, dogs that feel good typically are easier to train. As a dog trainer, I always ask about diet and health as part of my initial consultation and assessment because it has a huge impact on behavior. Chapter one details the diet. The canine ancestral diet is based on knowing that dogs were hunters and scavengers with their main food source being animal protein, organs and all with lesser amounts of fruits and grasses. He goes on to summarize studies on the topic and gives a nutritional analysis breakdown of the percentage of the estimated protein to fat to carbs ratio of early domesticated dogs, which is 49% protein, 44% fat, and just 6% carbs. At the end of the chapter, Brown promises to help you adjust and enhance the way you feed your dog in a way that fits in with your busy life and doesn't break the bank. In chapter two, Brown tells us the three weaknesses of modern dog food. 
Number one, not enough protein. Most kibble and canned food has between 25 to 37% protein. And Brown's research suggests dogs should have closer to 49%. The second weakness is there are unbalanced and incomplete fats. The research shows that the proper balance has numerous benefits, including learning faster, fewer skin and coat problems, and less weight gain. In most kibble, they add fish oil for the essential fat content of omega-3 DHA. However, once the bag is open and air hits the kibble, it begins to break down that DHA. So your dog actually gets less than what's listed on the bag usually, especially if you buy large bags and store it for over a month. Brown suggests that the best option is to feed raw, but otherwise buy kibble without added fish oils and simply add them on yourself at each meal. The third weakness is that it's not nutritionally balanced. Highly processed foods have nutrients depleted during the high temperature cooking process. And then those nutrients are added back in using synthetics. But synthetics don't do everything nature provides in fresh food. For example, they lack cancer-fighting nutrients. Brown says by adding in fresh foods to your dog's diet, you can boost their health and longevity. Chapter three is about the health benefits of the ABC plan. Remember that ABC stands for amount of fat, protein, and carbs, balancing the fats, and completing the nutrition with fresh food. Health benefits have been documented by feeding this way as little as one day a week, so there's no reason not to start making changes now. The chapter goes into detail about how the diet can help improving overall health. In chapter four, Brown asks the reader to do the ABCs for just one day a week, committing just 10 minutes of prep time. So back to the ABCs, he says to A, add protein like eggs and organ meat, B, balance the fats with sardines, and C, complete the nutrition with vegetables. Brown has two ABC plans, depending on what you currently feed your dog. ABC1 is for dogs on kibble or wet food that has less than 30% protein. ABC2 is for dogs who eat high protein foods or frozen raw diets. Page 28 has a detailed table of what to feed and how much, depending on your dog's weight and current food. For example, my dog is 70 pounds and gets a high protein diet, so I'll go off of the ABC2 table. I would feed two to three ounces of egg yolk and four to seven ounces of egg whites, two to three cans of sardines, and 11 to 16 ounces of beef hearts with 10 ounces of fruits and veggies. He says this should replace their typical meals for one full day. For treats on this day, he recommends nuts, meat, fruits, and veggies, but no grains. He makes it clear these recipes aren't for full-time feeding though. So if you're ready to make that leap, don't worry. That's what chapters five and six are all about. Chapters five and six are for the person that's ready to make all homemade meals for their dog. First, start with lean meats, like lean beef, chicken thighs, or turkey necks. Brown lists what percentage of lean to buy and whether to take skin off of poultry. If feeding raw, dogs can have the bones in the meat. But if cooking it, make sure to keep that temperature low and remove those bones. Cooked bones are very dangerous for our dogs. 
there's a few pages dedicated to balancing fats and oils like hemp seed and flax seed. And then lastly, adding vitamins and minerals like bone meal, calcium, and manganese. Brown suggests starting with two recipes, one beef and one poultry, and rotating them to strike the best nutritional balance. I have to say, I'm impressed with the detail he goes into in order to make sure that this book is all you'll need to start your dog's fresh food journey. There's even recipes for puppies. Chapter seven is about proper food storage, both for store-bought food and homemade food. For dry kibble, he recommends buying bags that were recently produced and buying a size that will last two weeks or less. This is so that the fats don't break down as much and you avoid degradation of micronutrients like vitamins A and B6. He recommends storing the kibble in its original bag even if you keep it in another container. For commercially made raw or cooked diets like the farmer's dog, make sure it was produced within the last three months. And for homemade food made in bulk, and commercially made raw or cooked diets, keep them frozen until use. Chapter eight is called Advanced Nutritional Concepts. In this chapter, Brown gets super nerdy about nutrition. So if knowing all the background is your jam, have no fear of this book has it. This chapter had two huge revelations for me. The first is learning about omega-3s versus sixes a balance is needed and there's actually recommended ratios. So FYI, your dog needs more sixes than threes. Too few or too many of these can cause issues. So it's definitely important to get it right. We're now getting to the end of the book where there are appendixes A, B, and C. In these, you'll find even more recipes and lists of the author's data sources. There's a recommended reading list as well for all you canine nutrition junkies. As I learn more about canine nutrition, it's clear that there's a lot of confusing information out there and navigating what's right for your dog can be really challenging. Veterinarians learn a lot in medical school, but two things that they are not really taught are behavior and nutrition. Sure, they do learn a little bit about both, but unless they take further schooling on these topics, your primary veterinarian may actually not be the best person to ask for advice in these areas. Sadly, since funding studies in general is ridiculously expensive, the studies that exist today about what's best for our dogs to eat are mostly funded by the pet food companies themselves, which clearly is a conflict of interest. That alone makes the studies less than reliable to trust, in my opinion. Of course, their studies will show that their product's the best thing going. For me, it goes against common knowledge as well that eating processed food every day is healthy. Yet, this is what we're told to believe. But we know that's not true for ourselves. So why would it be true for our dog? The second revelation for me is about carbohydrates. Brown says dogs don't need carbs at all to thrive as long as they eat a high-protein diet, which to me was mind-blowing. But that being said, dogs can consume carbs. And as I hope you know for your own diet, not all carbs are created equal though. Carbohydrates can provide both protein and fat, 
and can be less expensive than meat. So for people on a budget, don't hesitate to consider using some carbohydrates to offset costs. Brown recommends yams and rice, and I often use millet and barley in my dog's meals. For professional help with canine nutrition, seeking out a board-certified veterinary nutritionist is highly recommended. You could also look into a holistic veterinarian, which is a vet that practices both Eastern and Western medicine, and many do nutrition consults. I'll link to where to find both of these types of nutrition professionals in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to subscribe to my podcast to hear about the next book, The Power of Positive Dog Training by Pat Miller. If you like my podcast, hit me with some positive reinforcement by giving me five stars on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. See you next time.